Happy game day, Smashville. My name is Steve Cavendish, sitting in for Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, May 27th. Today on the show, Titans rookies arrive for workouts. The Grizzlies face Utah in game two. But first, it's crunch time for the Preds, who seem to be keeping some strange company these days. The 440 is built every morning for free for you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. You've heard Braden say it a million times, these guys are the real deal. This isn't some random collection of contractors. These are men and women who take the time to get to know you and what you want from your home. Go visit the website, BillKG.com, take a look at the work, and you'll rem- and you'll see everything you need to see. And remember the name, the Kingston Group. SB Nation's John Boyce wrote a few years ago, quote, Why watch overtime playoff hockey when you can simply snort cocaine and ride a motorcycle out of a helicopter? So here's the question for Preds fans going into tonight's Game 6 playoff game against Carolina. Do you have any fingernails left? Any hair? Can you handle another close one? After playing in five overtime periods in this series, including a 3-2 loss in Raleigh Tuesday night, the Preds return home to Bridgestone tonight in a must-win situation. Who needs to step up? Here are the candidates. Number one, UC Soros. It all starts with Pekka's protege, who's been as good as any goalie in the league since March. He stopped roughly 1 billion shots already this season, and he's going to have to do it again for the Predators to have a chance. Number two, Ryan Johansson. There was an agonizing moment later in the third period of Game 5 when Johansson had a fantastic look on goal that likely could have won the game, and he missed. At some point, the people you pay the most money have to be your best performers. Number three, Colton Sissons. Okay, hear me out. One of the surprises of the Preds' 2017 Stanley Cup run was the play of Sissons, who single-handedly won a few games for the club. His so-called herd line has been instrumental so far in giving Nashville an advantage whenever the fourth line rolls onto the ice. If the fourth line adds value, like Tuesday night, the Preds have a chance. Puck drop is at 8.30 at Bridgestone. This week's Lamestream Sports Podcast was recorded late last week. Check out our interview with D1 Baseball's Aaron Fitt, rate, review, and subscribe. So Brayden and I didn't have a chance to comment on the Predators actively thirsting after Barstool Sports head honcho Dave Portnoy on the team's Twitter account. Quote, if you're in Nashville tomorrow and want to come to game six, shoot us a DM, read the tweet. Why? Just because people get a kick out of Taylor Lewan being a frat boy on the Jumbotron to fire up a crowd doesn't mean you have to get in bed with the guy who hosts Lewan's podcast. Before publicly inviting him for a free game, Maybe take a look at the top story on his site, the queen of MILF TikTok, and say to yourself, huh, is this who we want to be associating the franchise with? Portnoy likes to rail against so-called cancel culture because he keeps saying dumb things. From Variety Magazine, quote, in a 2016 segment about former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem, Portnoy says, quote, so I'm going to say something that's racist, explaining he thought Kaepernick was quote, an ISIS guy, throw a head wrap on this guy. He's a terrorist, unquote. Portnoy adds, he looks like bin Laden. That's not racist. Portnoy's sales guys have dressed up in blackface. He called ESPN Sam Ponder, quote, a fucking slut and suggested she, quote, sex it up and be slutty on air, unquote. And the Preds are like, come on down to the hottest ticket in town. It's a bad look for the organization. 
Titans rookies reported for workouts this week, and David Beauclair of All Titans for Sports Illustrated gives us the inside view and what he thinks about the Julio Jones rumors. David, thanks for making time. What do we make of the new crop of Titans that are practicing this week? Well, you know, the OTAs are not what they used to be where, uh, well, I guess they are what they used to be in that they're voluntary, which is what they've always been. But uh, but voluntary was sort of in quotation marks previously. And uh, coming off of last season where there were no OTAs and and no mini camps, uh, you know, a lot of veteran players have have said they they felt really good that it that it benefited them to not have those workouts and uh, and the term voluntary means a whole lot more right now than it used to. So uh, so there's there's a whole bunch of guys who aren't there who aren't going to be there until mandatory mini camps in the middle of June. So what you have is kind of what you would expect, guys who don't feel assured of their roster spot, guys who are who are trying to make a name for themselves one way or the other. And uh, it's 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 much more sort of, I, I would guess, a, uh, a junior high atmosphere as opposed to a college atmosphere, if you will, in terms of the uh, the, the educational value of the, the system and whatnot. This, this crop of rookies, what's going to be expected of them? And how many of them do you think can make an impact on this year's roster? Uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, I think the first three rounds into the fourth round, um, you're, they're expecting a lot when you're talking about, uh, Elijah Molden, the third round pick, it, you know, he could be their starting slot cornerback on, on day one. And, and we know that's become a, a very important sort of, you know, part-time, almost full-time position. Dylan Radunes, the, the, the tackle second round pick, he's, he's going to be in the mix to be, uh, to be the starting right tackle right off the bat. My guess is, He's not going to be in week one, but whether it's Ty Sambrio or Kendall Lamb, presumably it'll be Kendall Lamb there at that spot. It's one of those things, don't get hurt. Because as soon as you get hurt and miss a few snaps, they're going to plug the kid in and they're, they're never going to look back. Um, so, you know, he's, uh, he, he's going he's gonna to get his snaps at some point before this year is done. And uh, Des Fitzpatrick, the, the fourth round wide receiver out of Louisville, who obviously they really liked. They traded up a, a bunch of spots to get him. Um, you know, he, he's got to factor into the mix somewhere, barring a trade for Julio Jones, because they, they just don't have a lot at wide receiver right now. Real quickly, can they trade for Julio Jones? <laughs> I, I think if they, if they really want to trade for Julio Jones, they can create the cap space. They can, they can do what they need to do to, to do that. You, you know, it, teams, teams can always find a way. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting storyline here over the next couple of weeks to, to see if and where he goes somewhere and, and whether or not that is Tennessee. Gut reaction. Do you think Julio Jones ever puts on a Titans uniform? You know, my gut reaction is yes. It it kind of feels that way. John Robinson has been aggressive uh, as a GM. It, it, you know, he hasn't gotten everybody he wants, but he he goes after guys. You know, you just look earlier this offseason with JJ Watt. As soon as he became available, Titans were in on JJ Watt, and and by all accounts made a uh, made a respectable and, and competitive offer. So I I don't see why he wouldn't be doing the same thing with Julio Jones. And and uh, you know, you ask my gut reaction. My gut is sort of telling me yeah it's gonna happen you can follow david on twitter at beauclair sports in late action john morant scored a season high 47 points but it wasn't enough as the jazz beat the grizzlies 141 to 129 to even their series at one game apiece 
Dylan Brooks had a second straight excellent performance, scoring 23 points on 10 of 14 shooting, but it wasn't enough. The Grizzlies got only 14 points from their bench, and the Jazz led by as much as 20 in the first half. Despite cutting Utah's lead to two late in the third quarter, the Grizzlies never threatened down the stretch. Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz with 25 points in his first game back from injury. The series resumes in Memphis Saturday night at 8.30. Tonight's docket coming up in just a second, but just a quick reminder that the 440 is built every morning for you for free by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. Go to the website, buildkg.com, to see their work. Okay, on the docket. If the Preds didn't offer you a ticket and you're watching on TV, the game is on Bally Sports and NBCSN at 8.30. And after a pair of upsets, number three seed Mississippi State plays number two seed Tennessee at 10.30 a.m. on ESPN with the loser out of the SEC tournament. That one's going to be a nail-biter. Thank you guys all for listening. I'm Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner, launching late this year to cover local Nashville news. For more information, go to NashvilleBanner.com. This has been the 440 for Thursday, May 27th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written by Steve Cavendish, produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. <laughs>